Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to The Kickoff, brought to you by TickPick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and world-class crocheter, Brendan Tuma. I'm going to be real with you guys. I assume if you're listening to this that you are a Fantasy Pro subscriber or you generally follow our content. And if so, then you know that we did the Fantasy Fest for 12 hours yesterday. The Fantasy Fest is now over, and you can probably hear it in my voice I'm a little run down, so today's episode is going to be a little quick and a little dirty, but the good news is there's not that much to talk about today. Yes, the Eagles played the Pats, but I'll do the whole preseason takeaway thing on Monday, okay? For today, let's just start, as we always do, by running through any news items, and then we're going to talk about some running back tiers. Sweet, simple, done and done. Now, On Monday, though, there is going to be a lot to discuss from this weekend, so please make sure you tune in. But first, let me remind you about TickPick and how they're giving away five awesome 2022 season ticket packages to NFL fans throughout the season. I have told you about this before, but you get it, right? This package is worth $3,000 and it takes five seconds to enter. TickPick, the original no-fee ticket site, is teaming up with Zip, the buy now, pay later service provider, to give away five huge season ticket packages for the 2022 NFL season. Every month from now until February, they are going to do a drawing and pick one lucky winner for 2022 season tickets to their favorite NFL team. Again, as I said, each package valued at $3,000. You want to enter? Go to TickPick.com slash pros. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K slash pros. All right, let's get to some of the big news items from yesterday. Uh, Number one, Jalen Hurts was scratched from the Eagles preseason game against the Patriots with an illness. Again, I was on air throughout this when this happened, so I did miss it. My understanding from all the comments post-game is that this is not COVID-19 related. Now, let's just assume for the sake of argument that this is like a stomach bug or something and Hertz is going to be fine, which is what it sounds like. This is still a big deal that he missed this game because we have three preseason games this year, guys. There's one left for the Eagles against the Jets. Putting aside whether there are questions about Hertz and the Eagles' commitment to him, This is not Aaron Rodgers. This is not Tom Brady. We don't just say, I don't need to see this guy in preseason games because it won't affect my draft thought process. Hertz is a divisive player for fantasy purposes. Yates and I could turn our Slack messages about him into a Primer-esque article. If you're optimistic, if you're pessimistic, you want to see him play in a new offense having the time to prepare. It's not like a few snaps really means anything, but still, this is one of those situations where you at least like to see him on the field and what it looks like. Personally, I still have Jalen Hurts as my ninth-ranked quarterback. I'm not moving him, but please let him play in the third preseason game. For the second time in just a couple of days, we had a major, major injury scare to a marquee player, only to be relieved and find out that it was nothing. Mark Andrews collapsed. There were ambulances. The word hospital was thrown around, but it turned out to just be very severe cramping. At this time, Doesn't seem like there's anything to worry about, so if you see that little cue or the red flag or whatever you see next to his name, fear not, bullet dodged. Bullet not dodged for Jets defensive end Carl Lawson, who tore his Achilles and is out for the season. It's a really, really brutal blow to the Jets because Lawson was outstanding in camp as expected. From a fantasy impact, it just doesn't mean that much. I mean, you want to add a couple of pass attempts to Zach Wilson because the Jets' defense is going to be worse? That's fine, but realistically, absent IDP formats... There are no takeaways from a fantasy perspective. DeAndre Swift got a heavy load of reps in practice on Thursday. Now, the split with Swift and Williams in practice is totally meaningless. It's just health. 
Smith has been out with a groin injury. If he's already getting significant reps in practice, then that means that he is probably trending towards full health. Let's see him in a preseason game, and then after that, we can pull our hair out trying to figure out the split with him and Williams. Zach Moss is going to play on Saturday after battling a hamstring injury. Now that Moss is trending up, you can go from avoiding the Bills' backfield to still avoiding the Bills' backfield. Seriously, I do not care what happens there. Just run away from that situation. And finally, Justin Fields was back at practice after battling a groin injury, and he's expected to play on Saturday. This is a bit of a bigger deal just because time missed and preseason games in particular missed for a rookie quarterback is killer. The fact that he should play on Saturday is just another piece to the puzzle that eventually has him taking over a few weeks into the season. All right, before we get to my tiers, did you listen to me yesterday and download the Sleeper app? I can only assume yes, because there is zero reason not to. But if not, I can assume it's because of one of three things. Number one, you don't like things that look sleek and cool and are easy on the eyes. And all right, since you follow my content, that's an actual possibility. Number two, you don't like awesome commissioner tools and customizations. That doesn't really make sense to me, but fine. And number three, you don't like league support and getting news and scores in your app. You've just lost me. Forget it. If you download Sleeper from the app or Google Play Store, you will be hooked. It's totally free. You will love it. Seriously, give it a try. Again, that's the Sleeper app. Find it on the App Store or the Google Play Store. Try it. You'll love it. All right, because it's a pretty slow day, let's just talk about running back tiers. Running back is the position in fantasy. Everybody knows it. You pound running back early, and then you pivot to see what else is available. But having tiers is really important, because knowing when the break comes allows you to pivot to wide receiver or tight end or quarterback if need be, and make sure that you're not going early in a tier where the same player basically is going to be available around later. Now, everyone's tiers are different. These are mine. If you look at the Fantasy Pros Expert Consensus Rankings, you're going to see see tier breaks, but they're not going to be mine. I'm going to give you what I consider to be how you should tier your running backs. Now, you can make an argument if you want that Christian McCaffrey should be in a tier unto himself, or you might put Dalvin Cook in that same tier, and that's where it ends. For me, my top tier is the top five. Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, and Ezekiel Elliott. And again, I'm talking about half PBR leagues at this point. McCaffrey, you don't need me to explain. Dalvin Cook, you don't need me to explain. Derrick Henry, you really don't need me to explain. There are some people, and again, we just did the Fantasy Fest, so there were a lot of questions that we answered. There are some people who constantly bring up Henry's workload. Oddly enough, it's not the addition of Julio Jones. It's not the fact that people are worried about whether the Titans are going to turn to a more pass-happy offense. It's suddenly the workload for Derrick Henry, that everybody is worried about. And I get it, historically speaking, when you have the number of touches that Henry has had, especially over the last two seasons, a breakdown is coming. But give me a break. How are you going to fade the guy who's been the NFL's leading rusher over the past two years? You can't, and you shouldn't, and he remains in the top tier with Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. So too does Alvin Kamara. We do not know who the Saints quarterback is going to be. We do not care necessarily who the Saints quarterback is going to be. I mean, we do. It's going to make a difference in what I project Alvin Kamara's point total to be. But realistically, as I have said on the podcast, I project his rushing ability to be essentially the same. I've got him for roughly the same number of carries, regardless of who is at quarterback. The bigger deal is his catches. They're going to drop by roughly 20, in my opinion, if Taysom Hill is the quarterback instead of Jameis Winston. But still, even with that uncertainty, 
even without knowing who the quarterback is, even if I take away the 20 receptions that I have projected for Alvin Kamara to give him 73, it doesn't matter. He still remains in that top tier of running backs. Now, you've heard Joe Pizapia talk probably a lot about Ezekiel Elliott. He has Nick Chubb as his fifth-ranked running back. That's fine. But for me, I just don't understand it. Like, I get that there were a lot of points left on the table last year, but before Dak Prescott got injured, that entire offense looked great. Zeke has never really let you down from a fantasy perspective, so long as Dak has been there for sure. There's little reason for me to fade him. And again, I mean, if you want to be optimistic on the guy, just go look at a picture of him with his shirt off. He looks committed to himself. And regardless, there were a couple of years, obviously, we have never been thinking of Zeke outside the top tier running back, and I'm not ready to do it now. So for me, that's my first tier. Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, and Ezekiel Elliott. Tier two at running back also consists of five running backs for me, Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, and Jonathan Taylor. I don't really think Aaron Jones needs much explanation at this point. In fact, the developments from this last season probably come out to be even. He's going to take extra passing down work now that Jamal Williams is gone, but I do think he's going to lose a few goal line carries with A.J. Dillon probably taking over those. I'm not concerned about it in any way. I think he's going to have a monster season. And again, he falls just below the first tier for me. Saquon Barkley, I have called it the most difficult decision in fantasy this year. You have to draft Saquon Barkley in the first round if you're going to get him. And it might be worth it to a massive extent. Other than Christian McCaffrey, maybe Dalvin Cook, he's really the one guy who you can see having the number one running back season without even an injury to the top guys. Because at his best, he might be the best running back in football. But he's probably not at his best, at least to start. He's probably going to be eased in, even if he does start the season, in the starting lineup. But still, at seventh for me, that's when I feel comfortable making the call. So as to not make Joey P mad, I will say that I absolutely love Nick Chubb. If you got rid of Kareem Hunt, if you gave Chubb more work in the passing game, he challenged for a top three back very, very easily. But Kareem Hunt is there, and the passing game work for Nick Chubb is not there. So for me, he's eighth in half PPR leagues. That's not a knock on the guy. I mean, he's right behind Aaron Jones. He's right behind Saquon Barkley. But to me, that's what keeps him out of being in that top tier like Joe has him. Now, if you wanted to end the second tier there, I really would not argue with you. But for me, as I said, I have two more guys in there. At number nine, it's Austin Eckler. And at number 10, it's Jonathan Taylor. Now, I'm rock solid on Eckler in a PPR league. Without a doubt, he's my sixth running back in that format. But still, one thing we know about him is that he's not going to get the goal line carries. Even if there are whispers about it right now, we know enough to know it's not going to happen. Yates and I have both touted Larry Roundtree as a late round sleeper that you should add. But even if not someone, Joshua Kelly, Justin Jackson, someone is going to be there to take that work. But still, his passing downs work. I haven't projected for 76 catches on the year. That's behind only Christian McCaffrey. It's ahead of Alvin Kamara. That type of floor is rare in fantasy, and I think it keeps him in the second tier. As for Jonathan Taylor, there's a lot of talk about, obviously, the way Taylor finished last season and how that is artificially propping up his value. Now, I admit I'm a little concerned about the fact that Marlon Mack is going to be there because I don't really think that Frank Reich wants to go in there and just turn it over to Jonathan Taylor. I mean, it took forever to do that last year. We had Jordan Wilkins at one point being the lead back. Tags was arguing one week that he was the number one waiver wire pickup overall. So I don't think that this is just Taylor's backfield. But I also think that when you have a very highly touted rookie running back 
who absolutely dominates over the final, what, six games of the season, that's earned a lot of playing time. So even with Mack there, even with Hines there, I still project the volume to be high enough to keep Taylor up in the second tier. Now, he's the last one that I'm taking there, but still, he's a guy I feel eminently comfortable with as my RB1. Next, we've got four guys who, again, they're just the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other. I, we've joked about it on the Fantasy Pros podcast. We joked about it yesterday on the Fantasy Fest. These four guys are projected within 10 fantasy points of each other, and they're Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, Antonio Gibson, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You want to argue that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is your favorite one of those guys? Fine. He's definitely not for me. And I could make an argument that he's a tier behind, but I do think that there is a potential for him to finish as a top eight back if everything works perfectly. I have no concerns about Gibson. I have no concerns about Najee Harris. And despite the fantasy community desperately wanting to make me feel this way, I have no concerns about Joe Mixon. Again, I will reiterate the points that Yates has hammered home. If last year unfolded differently, if he had just gone IR on IR right from the start, people would probably feel a little differently. Not totally differently, because again, Joe Mixon is sort of this guy that you have been waiting to be a dominant force, and he's never quite gotten there. So even with that, fantasy managers would be a little frustrated. But still, had that unfolded differently, I do agree with Yates that opinion on him would be a little different than it is right now. So that's my third tier, and I'm happy with any one of these guys as my RB2. I'm going to call tier four the last tier that I feel really comfortable with, and that's Daryl Henderson, J.K. Dobbins, Chris Carson, and David Montgomery. Henderson, look, I was low on. Tags, Yates, they both talked me into it, and I agree with them now, especially because the Rams just did not sign the veteran running back that I expected them to sign after Cam Akers went down. Now, I don't expect Henderson to be the absolute workhorse back, but he is going to lead it certainly over Xavier Jones, certainly over Jake Funk. And that offense, you just want a piece of it wherever you can get it. So as of right now, I moved him all the way up to 15, and I'm pretty comfortable with that. As I am with J.K. Dobbins, who again, he's going to split work with Gus Edwards. He's not going to factor very much into the passing game. And his carries are going to be limited because that's what happens in the Ravens offense. And when you have a running quarterback generally, that's always something that I try to harp on. A running quarterback does not mean that the running back exceeds because he gets more carries or anything like that. The running back succeeds because he's more efficient because the quarterback runs. So you can live with Dobbins not getting that many carries if he's going to remain as efficient as he was last year, as I expect him to. Chris Carson, simply one of the more underrated backs in the league. And the only question surrounding him is health. It's not a bad idea as a late round pick to take Rashad Penny to back him up just in case because Carson has yet to make it through a full season. But when he is on the field, he is going to be a rock solid running back especially with his increased pass in-game usage that he saw last year. And David Montgomery, I get it. Same thing as Jonathan Taylor. Wasn't that impressive all season long until he was able to really hammer home his season with his late season dominance. But again, the big thing with Montgomery is whether or not Tariq Cohen is on the field. And right now, Tariq Cohen is not on the field, and he's not going to be on the field in the beginning of the season. When he's out, Dave Montgomery saw 80% of the snaps last year. Now, he's not going to see that quite this year. Not with Damian Williams in town, but still, he is going to dominate the touches in that backfield. He is great out as a pass catcher, and he shows that with Cohen out. And again, there just isn't that much else in that backfield that I'm looking to. 
for my fifth tier, it's DeAndre Swift and Mike Davis. Swift obviously returned to practice. Now, I don't expect him to be the primary running sound guy. I still think that's Jamal Williams, but I do expect him to get enough volume through the air to make this draft cost worthwhile. Again, there are question marks here, and it's not like you're targeting the Lions offense, but Swift is talented. And again, in a half PPR league in particular, he definitely has the chops to make an impact, as does Mike Davis. Maybe long-term you're worried about Mike Davis. Maybe you don't really love the Atlanta offense. But right now, there's nothing behind Mike Davis. I mean, Godre Allison is not going to cut into his workload. He showed last year that not only can he be a very successful runner between the tackles, but he is a major factor in the passing game. And in case you haven't missed it, the Falcons kind of lack reliable options in the passing game. Don't get me wrong. Calvin Ridley is elite. Kyle Pitts is going to be a stud, but there's not much else behind him. Davis is going to get enough volume, and he's going to get work near the goal line and he's going to make a difference, enough for me to take him. Again, just below the running backs I feel like super comfortable with. But still, I'll take Swift and Mike Davis as an RB2. All right, let's talk about my sixth tier of running backs, and all these guys have question marks. Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Kareem Hunt, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, Raheem Mostert, and Miles Gaskin. The big thing with almost all these guys, they don't have the backfields to themselves, and it's not close. Miles Sanders has like 50 guys to share it with, Josh Jacobs has Kenyon Drake, Kareem Hunt obviously has Nick Chubb, Travis Etienne has James Robinson, Javante Williams has Melvin Gordon, Michael Carter has a few guys with the Jets' backfield, Raheem Mostert has Trace Herman at the very least and more, and Miles Gaskin, as we saw, has Malcolm Brown, as well as Savan Ahmed. These guys are not guys I really want to be going in as my RB2, which is why I like to hammer running back early. One of them, or more, is probably going to be a very, very solid fantasy option but I'm not willing to take them as anything better than a flex. Let's finish it up with my seventh tier of running backs before we get to the guys who are basically just handcuffs at this point. Tier seven, Chase Edmonds, Damian Harris, James Robinson, Jamal Williams, James Conner, Leonard Fournette, Gus Edwards, Ronald Jones, Melvin Gordon, AJ Dillon, and Trey Sermon. Now, I don't mind ending up with these guys on my roster. Certainly, Chase Edmonds is fine in a PPR league. Damian Harris has shown that he's fine in between the tackles, and if Cam Newton does get that job, then you're going to probably, unfortunately, see him lose touchdowns, which is what keeps him from moving up a tier. James Robinson, I think, will probably get more work than we think. Gus Edwards is always someone who produces. A.J. Dillon is going to get work at the goal line, and Melvin Gordon, as I said yesterday, is my 37th-ranked running back, and I know that's low. I expect him to factor in, but not significantly. Again, ideally, you don't want to be starting any of these guys in your fantasy lineup after the draft. They're bench pieces who it's good to have them because they have a path to really making an impact. But when you start out after your draft, you certainly don't want to be relying on any of them. Now, there's a tier eight. There's a tier nine. But there's a tier 10. But there's a this is a quick show. OK, we've got plenty of time to talk about it. So in the meantime, we're going to stop it there. And again, if you have any running back questions, feel free to ask me in Discord or on Twitter. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Again, sorry, really long day here with the Fantasy Fest. We will be back breaking down a ton of action that happened over the weekend in the preseason games. Don't forget to go to TickPick.com pros where TickPick and Zip have teamed up to give away five season ticket NFL packages for the 2022 season. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com pros. And the Sleeper app, I don't even have to sell this. It's awesome. Download it from the App Store and see for yourself. It is worth it. Thanks for checking it out, guys. Enjoy your weekend. I'll talk to you again on Monday.